Justice Warriors, I apologize for the gaps between episodes, but as you've probably guessed, I've been a bit overwhelmed lately. If you want to stay up to speed, I should mention that I do go live on Facebook while I'm in the field from time to time. So you can always follow Tracy and I on the Justice Warrior Investigations Facebook page because unfortunately with my schedule, it's difficult to schedule time to sit down and coordinate to record. For that reason, I've decided to fly solo for this episode rather than taking the time to brief Miss Tracy on the inner workings of my thoughts, ideas, concerns, and plans with current cases. I decided the moment that I opened my eyes this morning that I needed to do a podcast today. I've been thinking about it for a while, but I wasn't sure how much I should share from an ethical standpoint about recent events. However, after hearing a church sermon this morning by Pastor Madhu and praying about it, I've decided to trust that God will guide me through this recording and that he'll only allow me to share what needs to be shared at this time. The sermon by Pastor Madhu is one that I had previously listened to in my car, but being distracted by phone calls and traffic, I felt that God wanted me to sit down and listen again, this time giving it my full attention. It's good, folks. The man is truly anointed. If you want to take time to listen, you can find it on the Elevation Church podcast app or YouTube channel. The message was appropriately titled, I'm Annoyed, But I'm Assigned. And I'm going to be referencing several points of his today in this podcast as it relates to recent developments with a certain case in Dyer County. Medu's sermon came from the book of Acts chapter 16 and focuses on the Apostle Paul, whom I relate with on so many levels. If you're familiar with Paul, then you probably know that he was formerly known as Saul and that as Saul, he was a murderer. Now, I wasn't a murderer, but I also have a past. And can you only imagine if Paul had been trying to preach the word in this day and age, the amount of scrutiny and ridicule that he would have endured? I can see it now. There would likely be someone or even a group of someone's who would go to great lengths to dig dirt on him with the intention of damaging his credibility with the people that he was trying to help. In fact, they would probably even go as far as to contact people from his past and maybe stalk him, watching and waiting for him to make any little mistakes so that they could say, see, he's bad. He has no right to be casting out demons or preaching the word of God. But think of all the people that he led to Christ that may never have found salvation if he had allowed the opinions of men to hold him back from his purpose. 
Paul was beaten, imprisoned, and shipwrecked for his obedience to God, yet he remained firmly planted in his faith and stayed focused on the divine assignment that God placed on his life. As Madhu said in his sermon, the circumstances that Paul found himself were undoubtedly an annoyance. Just as recent events have been an annoyance to me because on the surface, they appear to be stopping me from achieving God's will for my life. However, when you learn to look at circumstances through the lens of your purpose, you begin to realize that each obstacle is just another example of how mighty God is and that circumstances are temporal, but the assignment that you are on is for the kingdom of God and will have lasting effects. Even things that seem wrong will be used for good because he is in control. For instance, when Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement and went their separate ways, God used them separately to achieve his purpose and to reach more lost souls than they could have together. But while division may serve a purpose, God will also align you with people who will help you along your way. The hardest part of obedience is not questioning the why of our circumstances. I'm sure Paul wondered why his path wasn't easier. He was doing God's work, yet it seemed that he had to go through a whole lot of drama. When Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia who needed his help, he found himself amongst all women. Yet, even though reality contradicted his vision, he still stayed the course, and it wasn't until he was in prison that he found the man from his vision and his purpose was fulfilled. Dyer County is my Macedonia. Four years ago, when I followed God's lead and began investigating the murder of Karen Swift, I wouldn't have been able to wrap my head around how big of an assignment that I had been given or the ramifications of my obedience. But just as Paul faced the ramifications of casting a demon out of a woman who told fortunes because her owners made a lot of money from her gift, I now understand the ramifications of knowing what I know because there are a lot of people who benefit from the evil that it currently has Dyer County in shambles. Personally, I can think of a much stronger word to describe the way I felt when Dyer County Sheriff's Office raided my house and took over $10,000 worth of my property, which also happened to be my lifeline and my means to financially support my family. But Pastor Madhu's message taught me to look at that circumstance through the lens of my divine purpose. So for today's podcast, I want to talk about what that purpose is and why it is so important. As you know, the murder of Karen Swift is a high-profile case in West Tennessee. Over the past four years, I have taken statements from dozens of Dyer County residents pertaining to that case. While some people adamantly say that her husband, David Swift, who has recently been charged with her murder, is the culprit of this crime, there are others who claim to have knowledge of a much more sinister plot and cover-up. As a private investigator, the task of discerning who is and isn't lying, or who is simply mistaken, is daunting. However, unlike law enforcement, I chose to explore an entirely different motive and suspect than the stereotypical the husband did it mentality that 
at least at face value, appears the most likely answer under, as my friend Bert Staggs would say, Occam's razor. But through the course of this investigation, I began to realize that my purpose here is much larger than to solve Miss Swift's murder or any of the dozens of unsolved murders and missing person cases from that county. Instead, it's about saving lives. The question of who killed Karen and why is yet to be determined and will be hashed out in a court of law sometime next year through the trial of David Swift. I can only hope and pray that the truth will prevail. And as my grandfather, a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemason would say, spesme in Deo est. I hope I said that right. I'm not sure. But it's Latin. What it means is my hope is in God. I've promised General Goodman, that I wouldn't put anything out there that could taint a jury, and I will keep my evidence close to the vest until the time is right. But because I stand firm in my opinion that it is the public's responsibility to hold law enforcement and our elected officials accountable, I will not keep quiet about information that could save lives and break chains that are on those who have been afraid to stand up against the wrongdoings that are still occurring in that community. It's no secret that I believe that corruption is to blame for Ms. Swift's demise and that obstruction of justice that has followed, not on my part, as they want you to believe, is still occurring. Even prior to having my computers and my files stolen, I had already shared all of my witness audios that I had obtained over the last four years with General Danny Goodman. Just before the raid, I had requested bank records from what I believe to be a slush fund belonging to my persons of interest in a civil suit that I had filed in Murray County. I had also published a large portion of my file to my website, www.justicewarriorinvestigations.com, including statements from witnesses who claimed that the detectives had instructed them to change their statements. In other words, I believe, and I still believe, that that search warrant was retaliatory and that They are on a fishing expedition looking for anything and everything that they can possibly use to discredit my investigation. However, because I know that I haven't done anything illegal or unethical in my investigation, I was not and still am not the least bit worried. Seven months later, my belongings have not been returned to me and the threat of charges are still being held over my head and alluded to by the same people that I had incriminating information on. In the meantime, witnesses are still coming to me with information, and many of them are so fed up that they're ready to speak publicly about what they know. Instead, I've been in contact with higher authorities outside of West Tennessee. This podcast serves a purpose, and that purpose is to make sure that the public is armed with the truth. I believe with everything in me that Karen Swift died so that the information that I now have would not come out. And it is my assignment to see to it that it does. Stay tuned for part two of what's really going on in Dyer County.
duty to shine the light of truth, to bring justice to the restless souls whose lives were lost to their hands. Rise up against the evildoers of this world so that their souls may have peace.